Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. This morning, I'm going to read Esther chapter 4, verse 12. I want to talk to you today about what it means, what it looks like to be a kingdom builder. To be a kingdom builder. Are you there? Esther chapter 4, verse 12. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say wait a minute. Here we go. So they told Mordecai Esther's words, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jew, from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews who are, in the, who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. I want to pause for the cause and tag a title to my text today. The subject of my sermon is this, as you could tell this to your middle schooler or your high schooler. I'm built different. I'm built different. All right. They know what that means. I'm built different. I want to talk to you about what it means, what it looks like to be a kingdom builder today. So would you join your hearts with me as we pray and ask for God's blessing upon our time around his word. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you for the time that we have to gather around it. God, I'm asking you to do what I cannot do, which is to change hearts and change lives. Father, thank you, Lord, for these incredible kingdom builders that we're going to talk about today, Mordecai and Esther. And Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful privilege that, Lord, we have to come and to hear from heaven. Father, we ask, Lord, that we would not leave the same as we came in today. Lord, provoke us, move us, change us, Lord, from the inside out, that as we leave this place, we will say yes to you. We will take action and do and become who you've called us to be. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm built different. I'm built different. You got to say it with some attitude. All right. So I'm holding in my hand. I know you probably can't see it, those of you that are way in the back, uh, but I've got myself a Lego block, a Lego brick or Lego block, right? And uh, any of you who have kids, how many of y'all love Legos? Somebody said, woohoo, all right. So um, any of y'all who have kids, especially little ones, these things will make you yell and say words that you don't want to say and you shouldn't say. Um, but uh, they're scattered about my house. My kids appreciate Legos. And does anybody know the purpose of a Lego? Um, don't yell out, but um, I want you to think about that for a second. Somewhat of a rhetorical question. What is the purpose of a Lego? I want to ask you uh, if I could challenge you to consider what you would build with this Lego. I want you to think about that for a second. See, Legos come in all shapes and sizes. Some are big. Some are small, some have this color, some have that color, right? They come in various shapes, sizes, and forms, and colors. And yet, you cannot build a Lego structure by itself. You need to be connected to other Legos in order to build something significant. 
What can you build with this Lego all by itself? The answer is nothing. So the purpose of the Lego is to be connected with other Legos to build something bigger, something greater, more, something more significant than what you see in its singular form, right? And so we are really familiar with building, aren't we? We build reputations. Come on, we build uh, portfolios. We build resumes. We build careers. We build homes. We build families. The question is not is... not what you're building, or not if you're building, but what are you building? So I want to ask you today, what are you building? What if God's desire for your life is to build something greater, bigger, more significant than your castle? What if God's desire for your life was to be a part of something bigger, greater, more significant? What if God is calling you to be a part of being a builder of his kingdom? I want to share this truth with you from our text today, and it says this, a kingdom builder is built different to make a difference. Kingdom builder is built different to make a difference. You see, God just just give you the influence and and, and the experiences and the way that he's created you. He didn't just create you just so that you could enjoy, just so you could take, but so that you could give, so that you could be used by God to make a difference in the world. Amen? So I want to sh- talk to you uh, for the next few moments about what it looks like and what it means to be a kingdom builder. Uh, over the next couple weeks, we're going to be having various missionaries come, various people from different parts of the world, and they're going to be sharing their stories with you. And though you might not be able to go yourself to these various places, you can partner, you can partner with us and partner with them to make a difference all throughout the world from what's taking place right here in being a kingdom builder at Victory Church. And so one of our values at Victory is we expand the kingdom of God through service. Maybe you've heard this. If you've been through our Next Steps experience, I want to put a plug in there. In April, we have our Next Steps experience. It's, a, it's like an on-ramp uh, for you to you know, find out more about the church and what your unique place is, how God has created you, and how you can come alongside of us to help us fulfill our mission, to come together and make a difference uh, here and throughout the world. But um, God has uniquely and divinely designed us not to, for us to just build our castle, but for us to be used to build his kingdom. And so we expand the kingdom of God through service right here through Victory Church. All of us have something to contribute to building and expanding the kingdom of God. Remember when Jesus prayed, he said, pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus, uh, when he was ministering on the earth, he talked, his main subject that he talked about was the kingdom of God. And so God is constantly wanting us to partner with him to expand his kingdom. And so if you look in the chair in front of you or the seat beside you, if you're in the front, there is this card right here. It's called Kingdom Builders. It's a Kingdom Builders Faith Promise, all right? A Kingdom Builder Faith Promise is not about finances as much as it is about faith. On this card, you have an opportunity to pray over this over the next few weeks, fill it out, and consider what God would have you to do and how he would have you take action to become a kingdom builder. Here's what kingdom builders is not. Kingdom builders is not our tithes. Uh, It is not the 10% that goes toward us uh, taking care of the annual, uh, you know, expenses of the church. It's not part of our budget. 
It's generosity above and beyond your normal 10% giving, and it's going to expand, fully expand the kingdom of God outside of your normal commitments and your normal offerings. And I want you to take this home with you. This is your action step. You can take this home with you. Pray about what God would have you give. There's no insignificant amount. Just ask the Lord uh, what he would have you to give. And at the end of our uh, Kingdom Builders Convention, we're going to receive these faith promises. And this is what it's about. It's about you trusting God to provide almost in, sometimes in supernatural ways. How many of y'all are big planners? Maybe you're finite, you have your budget. And, and I talked about that last week, and that's great. This is also about you trusting God to provide in unexpected supernatural ways above and beyond even your capacity even your understanding of how God is going to bless you to be able to use you to build his kingdom. So I want to encourage you to pick up one of these, especially as you go and be praying uh, for that throughout the service. Um, Esther, let's talk about Esther, and let's talk about Mordecai. Esther, the book of Esther is the story of two people, and specifically Mordecai and Esther. I'm going to catch you up as to where we got to this place in our story today. Uh, the Jews have been exiled from Jerusalem. This uh, country named Persia has come, and they have taken the Jewish people, exiled them to Persia, and now they're living as exiles here in this country. There's a king named Xerxes. What a name, right? Xerxes. He's the king of all of Persia, and he, through a series of events, he's looking for his next queen. The particular queen that he had in position, uh, she did not... She was not happy with her, so he looks throughout the kingdom to find a new lady and through a process, a new queen, and through the process of, of events that transpired, the favor of God is on a young Jewish girl named Esther. He chooses her, and she becomes the queen of Persia. She is in an incredible place of authority, of influence, and of power. And King Xerxes doesn't even know that she's actually a foreigner. And so Mordecai is telling her, hey, don't tell them, don't tell the king, you know, your background, your lineage. Keep that quiet. And so uh, we come to this uh, place in our story today where Mordecai says that that there was a ruling that came from, is this okay? Are you guys all right? You stand with me? Stay with me here for a second. I'm going somewhere. There's a guy named Haman that he appoints to oversee his affairs, to oversee the ruling of the kingdom. And Haman comes to the city gates. Mordecai is there and some other Jews are there. And he asks them to bow down and worship him. And, and, and Mordecai won't do it. He says, I'm not going to bow down and I'm not going to worship you. Well, Haman is livid at this disrespect. And he presents uh, this decree that goes throughout the land. And it says all the Jews on a certain date are going to be annihilated. And that's where we find in our story today, Mordecai appealing to Esther and saying, hey, look, don't think that this doesn't affect you. He's saying, this is the time, this is the place, this is why, why God has put you in this position to advocate and save your people. God has appointed you, he's positioned you to be in this place at this time for such a time as this to see the will of God, you know, um, fulfilled in the world. This is significant though, because what does this have to do with Jesus? Well, Jesus's lineage came through the Jewish people. So there's a lot at stake here. And so Esther has said, uh, go and call for a fast and everybody pray for me and I am going to approach the king. And if I perish, I perish. This is a story of courage, of bravery, 
of faith, of redemption, of deliverance. This is an incredible story about a kingdom builder known as Esther and known as Mordecai. And God is looking even today in the world in which we live. At this moment, on this day, God is looking for those who will be a part of his kingdom, of expanding and building his kingdom. And I want to share with you this morning uh, four characteristics or four ways that a kingdom builder is built different. This morning I want to share with you the first uh, way a kingdom builder is built different. A kingdom builder is compelled to make a difference. A kingdom builder is compelled. To be compelled is to be forced or driven by concern, passion, and, and conviction toward a particular course of action, often with an irresistible internal urge. And to be compelled, you have to first be fueled. You have to be fueled by a burden. You see, Mordecai and Esther, they had a burden. They had a sense that, look, this does not sit right with my spirit. I cannot sit back and idly, passively look by as these things take place, as this injustice take place. I'm not going to look over this. This is something that doesn't sit right with my spirit. I've got to do something about this. God, give us a burden that compels us. God, help us open up our eyes to see the needs all around us. More than just the needs, the physical needs, help us to see the spiritual needs of the people that are around us each and every day. God, help us to be compelled to make a difference. This is what happened with Mordecai in verse 1 through 3 in Esther chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes. This was a way of saying uh, a uh, physical demonstration of how he was overwhelmed and overcome with sorrow and grief and with a great burden as to what this decree was and what it meant for his people. So he put on sackcloth and ashes and he went into the midst of the city and he cried with a loud and bitter cry. And he went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, with weeping and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. This is a crisis moment. This is a moment in time where, they, where, where their people are going to be annihilated and something has to be done. And Mordecai realizes this and he says, I am compelled. I am moved with a burden to be able to do, want to do something about this. You have to have a burden in your life. What are the burdens in your life that are bigger than yourself? Let me ask that of you. Do the things that burden God, the things that grieve God, the things that are heavily upon God's heart, the things that that hurt God's heart, the things that God cares about, are they the things that you care about? The things that move the heart of God, are those the things that move your heart? This is what it means to have a burden for God. A kingdom builder is compelled by a burden. It's what fuels their life. Here's what we are all about here at Victory Church. We're all about helping people find and follow Jesus. That is our vision. That is our goal. That's what we want to be and who we want to be and what we want to do. But our burden is as we look around at the people in our city, as we look around at the needs, as we look around at the sorrow and the strain and all the things that are going on in our society and in our community, as we look around, this is what it means to have a burden, to be compelled to action. It means to be able to see where we currently are and see where God wants it to be and for us to Fill the gap. 
for us to be able to stand in the gap and to make a difference and to see our city changed, to see hearts and lives changed because we are fueled by a burden. Are we, though, consumed by our cares or are we consumed with a burden? Are we compelled to build God's kingdom? The formula that fuels our burden, listen to this, there's a formula that fuels our burden. Here's what it is. Pray plus give plus go equals a burden. As I pray and ask God, God, help me to do something about what I see. I'm praying. I'm giving. I'm starting to give. I'm asking God, where can I serve? What can I do? How can I give? When you pray and you give, and then you go, you do something about what you see. Pray plus giving plus going equals a burden. And a burden compels me to do something about what I see. What is your burden? What is the thing that is moving your heart? What is the thing that is heavy upon your heart? Oftentimes we can find out what our burden is by understanding our story and what we've been through. Here's what I've found. Oftentimes when God brings you through something, God brings you through a difficulty, God shows himself faithful and shows you a miracle in your own life and how he's provided in, in, in a miraculous way. Oftentimes that is something that we can now look back on and we can help other people to find freedom, to find help, to find hope in the same way that we find freedom, help, and hope through our experience with God and through Jesus. So maybe you're, maybe you're compelled. Maybe you have a burden for those who are experiencing addiction. Maybe you have a burden for those that are experiencing injustice. Maybe you have a burden for a group of people, maybe kids or maybe for teenagers. And that burden is something that you should be helping other people to find the hope that you found yourself. Maybe we can find uh, our burden also by finding out what moves me to tears or what causes me to be angry. These are the problems that God has compelled you to be about solutions for. How many ever noticed that like uh, you, you, have co- you went to college or you have kids that go to college and the next thing you know, you're wearing their merchandise Come on, you're, you're supporting their team, right? Why are you so concerned and compelled with what happens with that particular team and that particular uh, sports team or whatever or what's going on at that school? Why? Because you've in, been invested, right? Because you've given a lot to that. Because you are, concer- you are concerned about it, so you care about it because you've given a lot to it. Y'all have given a lot of money to these colleges, Right? You've given uh, your, 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 your children, your sons and daughters to go here. And so now you are a huge fan of this school. How many of you know that Jesus said it this way? He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So wherever you tr- your treasure is, invest in that treasure and then your heart will follow. If you want to be fueled with what's heavy upon God's heart, if you want to be about building God's kingdom, if you want to be compelled, maybe you're going through the motions, maybe you're lackadaisical, maybe you're, caught, you're casual in your commitments, or maybe you're getting complacent, here's how you fuel that burden. You begin to pray, you begin to give, you begin to go, and then you will receive a burden from God. We've got to have a burden from God like Esther had, like Mordecai. We can't just sit back and say, I'll turn a blind eye or see something happen. We've got to be compelled to do something about it. And so a kingdom builder is compelled to make a difference when they're fueled by a burden. The second thing I want to share with you, a kingdom builder is different because a kingdom builder is in position to make a difference. 
Here's what I love about this, this particular story. Didn't take God by surprise. God already had Esther in position even before the decree was set out. Even when you don't see it, God is working. When you don't feel it, God is working. God is sovereignly moving things into position. He has put Esther in position to make a difference, to be a kingdom builder. And here's what I believe with all of my heart. God has placed you where you are right now. God has put you where you are right now in order to make a difference. You might not even like where you are right now, but God has a purpose greater than your feelings. God has a purpose greater than what you can currently see. God wants to use you. He has put you in position right here and right now where you are to make a difference in your world. Verse 14 of Esther chapter 14 says, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come into the kingdom, and the NIV it says, who knows whether you have come into this royal position for such a time as this. But here's what we do. We say, God, I'll make a difference when blank, and we fill in the blank. God, I'm going to make a difference. When blank happens, I'll make that difference. You could fill in the blank. God, when I'm old enough, I'll make a difference. God, when I have the time, I'll make a difference. God, when I have the education, when I have the money, when I have the connection, when I get to where I'm going, God, I'm going to make a difference. When I have the experience, when I have the influence, making a difference is not a future event, but it's now, right here where you are today. Kingdom builders understand that God has divinely put them in a position to make a difference today. You see, in the kingdom of God, there are no big and little things. We often talk about, this is like an Americanized understanding of, I want to do big things for God. God's going to do big things in my life. Can I tell you something here real quick? And I don't mean to minimalize or trivialize you know, the big things or the big events. And, but what it oftentimes means for us is we're saying, oh, I'm going to have influence. People are going to follow. I'm going to have a lot of money. How many of you know that big things to God are the little things to God? Little acts of obedience are important to God. So that means if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're doing big things, raising your child to know and to love Jesus by bringing them to church every single week. Might not seem like a big thing, but it's a big thing because it's a little act of obedience. Little things are even the big things to God. And And the big things are now moments of obedience to God. Understanding that God has put you in position to make a difference today. Charles Spurgeon, one of the great preachers of the past, said this. You have been wishing for another position where you could do something for Jesus. Do not wish anything of the kind, but serve him where you are. <laughs> He's saying, serve him where you are right now, here in this moment. And you know that being on a sports team, if you've ever been on a sports team, every single position is important. Every single position is vital. If you don't have a center fielder and you're playing baseball, man, you're not going to win. You're not going to come together and be successful. If you're playing uh, basketball and you don't have anybody to dribble the ball up the court, you're going to lose. 
If you're in football and you don't have a quarterback, how many know that every position is important and there are no small positions? Every position is important to God. God has put you in a position to make a difference. What if God has brought all of us together here in this room and joining online as Victory Church to make a great difference in our community and around the world? And God wants us, each of us, to play our position, to make a difference, to make changes here in our community and every where we go. God has given you a position. God has given you a position. You're in position to make a difference both now and in the future. The next thing I see about a kingdom builder and how they're built different is a kingdom builder is built different because a kingdom builder, builder overcomes opposition to make a difference. How many of you know you want to do something and make a difference for God and do something great uh, for God? How many of you know that you're going to have some pushback? You're going to have some obstacles you're going to have some difficulty. Not everybody's going to like you. There's going to be certain things that come about that, that, that come and push back so that you will give up on, on, on what God has called you to do. And just because you're in a position does not mean that you won't face opposition. It's the opposition to your position that reveals you are a kingdom builder. How many of you know that the kingdom of darkness always pushes back against the kingdom of God? That's why Esther could say, even in that moment, hey, call a fast. There's something more uh, important. There's something greater than you can actually see with your own eyes. Something supernatural has to transpire. Something God has to work out behind the scenes. God is working this thing out. I'm not able to do it in my own strength, my own power, my own ability. She's saying, not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of the living God. She's saying, I can't do it by myself. There is a supernatural element to you being able to build God's kingdom and to make a difference. You see, the truth is, the Apostle Paul talked about this, didn't he? He said, he said we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in the high places. And so that's why Esther, she called she called for help. She called for a supernatural ability to do what she could not do, to make a way where there seemed to be no way. Come on. What if your problems are a lot more spiritual than they are practical? Your problems are a lot more spiritual, I'm going to tell you today, than they are practically as you think they are. And we want to make a difference. It can be difficult. It can be extremely difficult. It can be tough. It can be fearful. But God said, that he is with us, even in the opposition that comes against us. She said, it, it, she said this here, go gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day, for my maids will fast likewise and also will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. When Esther was getting ready to go before the, before, before the king, she said, no matter what happens, she says, I'm laying it all on the line. I'm willing to face whatever opposition that confronts me to do what, is, what God has called me to do. The final thing that I notice about a kingdom builder is a kingdom builder is compelled. They're in a position to make a difference. They overcome opposition to make a difference. But listen to this. A kingdom builder is obedient in making a, dis, a, a difference. I love that in this pas passage. Esther is not just compelled with a burden. She's not just in position to make a difference. She's not just overcoming obstacles and opposition to make a difference. But no, she actually did it. 
She actually took action and she actually did it. At the end of the day, intentions don't change anything. Intentions don't build anything. Actions do. So God is calling us to take action, not just to see it with our eyes and feel it with our heart. He's actually asking us to do something. He's actually asking us to make a difference in what we do and how we live. Being a kingdom builder requires action. Esther chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet. And as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king again asked, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? Even half up to the kingdom you will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life, for this is my petition, and spare my people. This is my request. She actually went before the king. She actually faced her fear. She actually risked her life and went to bat for her people. She wasn't just compelled. That's a good start. She wasn't just in position. She wasn't just facing and overcoming opposition. But, but she actually did something. She took action. And because she took actions, she went from intentions to actions to making a difference. And she was brought into this position for such a time as this. What I'm telling you is not just to have good intentions, but to actually act upon what God has put in your heart. Listen to the word of God. Listen to the spirit of God. What is it that God is saying? What is it that God is doing? How is he moving you to take action? I want you to stand up on your feet. I'm going to close with this. Um, how many of you have uh, pets, right? You got the pets. You like. I, I have my favorite dog uh, that passed away a few years ago. And if you met her, you know why she was special to me. Her name was Zoe, Zoe the Pitbull. And uh, she was the smartest dog that I ever met. But she was also a rascal. You know how these dogs that are real smart, it could be kids that are real smart. They keep you on your toes, right? One of the things that if you've ever been to my house and we had the dogs, um, we open, you would open the sliding glass door. I had two dogs, by the way, but you'd open the sliding glass door. And my Zoe dog, she would not go outside. She wanted to stay in the house. Like she was lazy. She loved to sleep. She would not get up and go outside to use the bathroom unless you told her. So we had this little word that we would say, get busy. And Zoe, we opened the door, go get busy. And she'd be laying there like this. Your one eye would open up. She'd look at you. She'd be like, really? So go get busy. And so she'd walk outside and when she would go down the steps and I would give her that command, go get busy because I needed her to go use the bathroom and she would look back at me, see if I was paying attention. Because if I wasn't paying attention, she'd run back up in the house. So I say, Zoe, get busy, get busy. And she'd look at me, waiting for a moment and she would finally go to the bathroom and then she'd come run immediately back inside. I'm going somewhere with this, all right? I wonder if, you and I, this is like our spiritual life, right? We've got a word from the Lord. The Lord has given us clear instruction. He's told us what he wants us to do. But we're looking back, saying, Lord, have you changed your mind? Lord, can I, get, can I do something easier? Can I do something that's more convenient? Lord, it's just, it, it's kind of hard, Lord, to... 
I want to tell you, the Lord is very clear in the way that he speaks to us individually as to how he wants us to be involved. Stop making excuses and just listen to what the Lord tells you. Obey it. Take action. Don't just be compelled with a burden. You are in position to make a difference. You will face opposition in making a difference, but you overcome supernaturally. God is with you. And finally, listen, it's so important that a kingdom builder, if you want to do and live the life that God's called you to live, you've got to take action to be a kingdom builder. You have to be obedient and making a difference as you move beyond intentions and into actions. So I want you to join your hearts with me and prayer and ask what the Lord would have you do, how he would have you be a part of building his kingdom, whether that's serving, whether that's listening to what that burden is that he's placing upon your heart, and not just talking the talk and hearing what God wants you to do, but actually doing it, actually taking action with what God is telling you to do. Just pray with me even here right now. Lord, you've called us to be different, to make a difference. And you've built us, Lord. You've created us. You've called us with unique desires, passions, convictions, concerns that drive us, Lord, with an irresistible internal urge to do something about what it is we see that is moving upon our heart. Father, compel us today. Awaken us and cause us to be aware of the positions that you've given us to make a difference today. Lord, if we've faced opposition and we've become quiet or we've become resistant or apathetic or become complacent, Lord, let us rise up in Jesus' name. And Lord, let us hear clearly what you're asking of us and be obedient and making a difference to move from intentions into actions. I just want to talk to you, but keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to talk to you real quick about the greatest kingdom builder of all time. And it's not me, and it's not you. It's not Esther, and it's not Mordecai, but it's Jesus himself. You see, Jesus himself did everything that we see Esther do. Jesus was compelled to make a difference because he was fueled by a burden. He saw that humanity was separated from him. And humanity could not be made right with God, could not be reconciled. So Jesus was compelled to do something. He was moved by a burden. He had a burden. He wanted, he saw the brokenness of humanity and he wanted to do something about it. So Jesus left his position in heaven. The scripture says that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Jesus left his position in heaven and he came and he took upon flesh and blood and he dwelt among us and then he took the position of a servant. He took that position of what you and I deserved, that position on the cross. He took my place. He took your place because there had to be a punishment for that sin. There was a penalty for that sin that you and I have and Jesus took the position of punishment upon himself. Jesus overcame opposition to make a difference. You see, he overcome death, hell, 
and the grave, and he overcame Satan. He went into hell, and he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He arose triumphantly, victoriously, and now he has ascended to the right hand of the Father, the right hand, the place of authority, ever living to make intercession for us. He overcame opposition to make a difference, and now he gives you and I that same power, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives within you and I, and we are kingdom builders just like Jesus is because we too can overcome opposition to make a difference. And finally, Jesus was the ultimate example of a kingdom builder because he was obedient in making a difference. The scripture says he was obedient even unto death, even the death of a cross. So today, perhaps there's someone as you're standing here in this moment, you're watching online and you realize that you are not not right with God and your sin has separated you from God and you feel distant and you know you're not where you need to be with the Lord and maybe you've made a decision before for Christ but you've kind of grown complacent and casual in your relationship with God. The scripture says today's the day of salvation. Today is the day that you have your sins forgiven, removed as far as the east is from the west, that God comes and reconciles you to himself, forgives you of all your sin, all your guilt, all your shame by a simple choice, by accepting Jesus' invitation to come and to be your savior and to be the leader of your life. So maybe that's you under the sound of my voice today and God is speaking to your heart And you need to be made right with Jesus. You can't do it yourself in your own strength, your own ability, in your own power. You you can only go through the way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. And so Jesus is coming and he's speaking to each heart today. Would you invite him, allow him to come in to be your savior, to forgive you all of all your sins, to give you eternal life, to be the leader of your life, to make him your, your Lord, and that you're going to follow him from this day forward. If you make that decision today, then Jesus says that he has called you to be a kingdom builder. Maybe there are those in this place, and we've kind of been building, for those others of us, that we've kind of been building our own kingdom, our own castle We've been taking our life, our single life, and we've been trying to build on to it. Lord, would you today speak to each individual and show them how much stronger that we are together, how you have called us to be a part of building something more significant, greater, and expansive than what we currently are doing even right now. Let us, Lord, give our lives to you fully to come together as the church to make a difference in our community. Help us to close that gap as to where we know, God, of what you want to do. We see the vision of lives change, of of families reconciled, of people uh, coming uh, to life, truly to life and experiencing freedom and experiencing real life. Lord, let us get a a heart. Let, Let us get a passion. Let us get a conviction of what is possible for those people who are in our life that do not know you yet, let us get a vision for them and let us be about closing the gap. Fuel us with a burden to reach out to them and to share 
what you have done for us, Lord. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, today for the way that you're speaking to each individual life. Father, let us come into this moment, help us come into this moment in humility, asking your spirit to lead us, to direct us, to give us the courage to step forward and obey you. Father, we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. What we're going to do now is we're going to have our prayer team that's going to come forth, and they're going to come around this altar. If you have decided to give your life to the Lord Jesus for the first time, or maybe you're coming back to the Lord, the scripture says this, if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins, right? If you will confess your sins, if you will confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you have to tell somebody about the decision that you've made today. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.